for this morning. Another coffee. Got to have the essentials here. Backpack H2O. Okay. Okay. Oh, hey. Let me just say, it is so good to be here with you guys this morning. Uh, okay. Oh, goodness. Let's make sure I've got everything. I've got to have these pillows that I take camping with me all the time. Yep, good. Sleeping bags down there. I think this time I've got it all. I have some incredible memories of camping growing up with my family. And so I told Carrie, Carrie, I really want to embark on this journey. I want to start making our own memories with our girls and the camping experience. So what do you think? Let's do this. So Carrie and I, we get our, we get our gear together, grab our oldest daughter. We set our sights on this camping experience. Set up our tent, grab some flashlights, have the essentials, cookies, juice boxes, sleeping bags, uh, princess sleeping bag, not for me, for Taylor, and we're, we're ready to go. So here we are in the middle of this camping experience, and my daughter's nose erupts with blood. Carrie and I are frantic. Okay, respond. We're taking, we're de- mad dash inside to our house. We're dressing this bloody nose. And probably within 30 to 45 minutes of the whole camping experience, we're tucked in nice and comfy in our beds. But not this time. See, I've got, I've got all the gear that I need. I may look like a fool for having all this gear that's been given to me. But I'm ready to handle any physical ailment. I'm ready to weather any storm. And I'm excited to bring others into this camping experience. That's what we see with Paul's heart for the Corinthians. The word of the cross, Jesus Christ crucified, is foolishness to the world. But it is the power of God to save, and it's in Christ that we boast. Grab your Bibles. Let's go hiking. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. While you turn there, kiddos, I don't know if you guys got one of these, but I just want to tell you I'm just a little bit ahead in my children's bulletin here. So I hope you find all the words in the word search. 1 Corinthians, let me catch you guys up to speed before we jump into 18. We have Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. He has been called by the Lord to proclaim the incredible message of the Savior of the world to the Corinthians. And he, he establishes the Corinthian church in his second missionary journey in and amongst a culture that desires and is craving wisdom and is filled with immorality. So he writes them with a pastor's heart and a love for them to to grow in their walk with Christ. Gives them instruction. Apparently, the Corinthians, the Christian Corinthians were boasting. I'm of Apollos. I have been baptized of Cephas. I have been baptized by Paul. And Paul says, put this aside. 
You know that I didn't come to you with cleverness of speech. I came to proclaim the gospel of Jesus. It is this message and this message alone that saves you. Quit your boasting. And that's where we pick up in verse 18. Let's read together 18 through 31. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For indeed, Jews ask for signs and Greeks search for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Gentiles foolishness. But to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Then he says to the Corinthians, For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame those things that are strong. And the base things of the world and the despised, God has chosen these things that are not, so that he might nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. But by his doing, you are in Christ, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that no, that him who boasts, let him boast, boast in the Lord. Traveling back to verse 18. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. We need to chew on this message uh, or this little phrase, the word of the cross. We need to have a clear understanding before we move forward. See, the word of the cross created division. There were those who believed and there were those who got tripped up over this word of the cross. The word, the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ, Christ crucified. For those, it created, if you will, it created two camps. Again, those who believed and those who were perishing who were not being saved. For those of this camp, for those who saw the message as foolishness, Christ crucified, I would imagine that they viewed, the Corinthians viewed this message kind of like, so this Jesus, this Messiah, he was arrested and turned in by one of his own men. He was put on trial and found guilty? Hmm. His own people stripped him of his robe, of his clothes, and put on a purple robe of royalty, put on a crown of thorns, and said, Hail, King of the Jews. They impaled his hands and his feet to two timbers in the shape of a cross. Wow. Must have been a pretty serious crime. They crucified him between two criminals. That's crazy. 
I thought anybody who was crucified or hung on a tree was cursed. You want me to believe in this Messiah? Jesus Christ crucified? He's going to save us. Paul says to the Corinthians, the believers, it is this message of the cross that they see as foolishness. I want to I want to skip forward and look at the two groups that Paul calls out that fall into this this camp of the perishing, those who think the the message of Christ, the gospel is foolishness. Let's read in verse 20 22. For indeed Jews ask for signs and Greeks search for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block, and to the Greeks, foolishness. See, for the unbelieving Jews, this message of Christ, they were asking for signs. Show us that you have authority, that you're the Messiah. Give us visible truth. Visible signs. Then we'll believe. Let us see with our own eyes. Paul says it becomes a stumbling block to them. I love how Isaiah phrases this. And and just listen to this. Don't turn there. Isaiah 53 describes what the Jews might have been experiencing on the Christ crucified. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of parched ground. He had no stately form or majesty that we should look at him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. It was almost as if the Jews were, they were expecting this Sean Connery, James Bond character. You know, a homeboy that's mounted upon his noble seat and would slay anyone who get in his, gets in his way. That's, we, he had no stately form or majesty that we would look at him. And so to the unbelieving Jews, he became a stumbling block. The very thing, the very message that would trip them up. They found themselves in a camp of disbelief. Paul continues to describe another group that's a part of this perishing. He says, the Greeks who were in search of wisdom. They were searching for ideas for salvation. They tried to lean on their own intelligence and gather things for themselves. And it didn't matter if it didn't jive with their ideology, they rejected it. Paul says of this group, of the unbelieving Greeks, the message of the cross is foolishness. Hmm. My question for us this morning What's tripping you up over the message of Christ? What's tripping you up over Christ crucified? Is it that you're, you're trying to work your way up the corporate ladder? You've got a busy schedule. You don't have time for this, 
this Jesus thing, this isn't for you. Maybe it's that Christians seem a little bit odd. And you're, you're pretty okay with how you are. You think you've got it? What is tripping you up over the message of the cross? He goes on to use this term foolishness. Paul goes on to use this term foolishness in a very ironic way. Let's pick up. Let's go back to verse 19. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever. I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. Foolishness, nonsense, what is thought to be foolish. He uses, he calls out this Old Testament reference, Isaiah 29, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. We see the prophet Isaiah making known God's words to those that are in Jerusalem. They were seeking things and making boasts in and of themselves. They desire to be great. But God says, your hearts are far from me. And then God says that he is going to deal with them marvelously. Woe to you. And God says very clearly, I will thwart, I will frustrate your cleverness, your wisdom, your efforts. He goes on in verse 20 and 21. And really, this, this question, my Bible displays that question mark. Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? It's a statement. God has made foolish the wisdom of the world. Paul is very clear. You know, things, some characteristics of this, this wisdom of the world, it acts like it's, it's got all the answers. It acts that it, like it knows how we are to gain salvation. It's, it's pretty, pretty appealing at times. It'd kind of be like me walking up to you guys. I've got my Tony Llama boots on. I've got my worn-in Wranglers. I've got a blinging belt buckle. I've got my cowboy hat. And I say, hey, you guys want to come bull riding with me? And it sounds pretty appealing, and I, I may look the part. So you come with me, and we step into the rodeo arena, and quickly you learn that I have no idea what I'm talking about when it comes to bull riding. And there we are at the main event. I've, I've, I've looked appealing. I've been, yeah, I've looked, hey, look the part. Come with me. And then in the main event, the world in its wisdom will look appealing at times. But when it comes to the main event, it is foolishness. Where is the wise man? Where's the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? All of us at some point or another come with this question of, what happens after this life? What's going to happen in the future? 
the world in its wisdom. It says, you have no need for God. You're just fine on your own. You can do this. world paints an incredible picture in its wisdom and what it portrays. But Paul says very clearly, look with me in verse 21. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. Some of you walking in here today go, what in the world are those people doing on stage singing? What's going on? Why is that guy up there on stage preaching from this book that, as if it has authority? Some of you may have questions and observe people showing a love and acting like they really care for one another. That's kind of weird. But let me tell you, what you see is the family of God who have believed in the word of the cross the message of Christ crucified, and it is through Christ that we love. It is through Christ that we sing, and it is in Christ that we preach and proclaim his message. That's what you see. For the camp of the perishing, it's seen as foolishness. But for those who are being saved, it is the very power of God. Paul paints a very clear message for the camp of the perishing. And I want us to look at now the camp of those who are being saved. Those who have believed in the message of Christ crucified. He says in verse 18, But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And then in verse 21, For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For indeed, Jews ask for signs and Greeks search for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to Jews a stumbling block and Gentiles foolishness. 24, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. Isaiah says it this way. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each one has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. But the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring. He will prolong his days and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hands. God was in control the entire time. He knew that through Christ, he would eradicate sin and he would eradicate death. He would bring about salvation. And some would disbelieve and there would be those who would believe. 
he was well pleased. For those, as Paul is, is encouraging the church at Corinth, he's saying, you followers of Christ, you believed. And he gives them a new designation. Let's read um, in verse 24. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Now, having believed in Christ crucified, your new designation is called. And I love that Paul brings out the Jews and the Greeks. What? I thought, I thought we already talked about them. Wait, whoa. These are Jews and Greeks who have said, no, I know my tradition and my heritage. I know what I've, been, I've grown up with. And to the Greeks, I know what I'm surrounded with, the immorality and the culture, but I believe in Christ crucified. So Paul gives them this amazing designation. You are called by God. He goes on to, to describe the Corinthian believers in verse 26. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh. There were not many mighty and there weren't many noble. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the base things of the world and the despised, God has chosen. The things that are not so that he might nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. He says, Corinthians, there weren't many among you who are very intellectual. There weren't many of you who had strength and power and might. There weren't many of you who had great nobility and societal recognition. But you notice, he says, but God and God. He says, Corinthians, recognize who you are. God has taken you who are weak and is going to use you to shame those who are strong. You in your ignorance or foolishness, unwise, God takes you and uses you to shame those who are wise. He takes those things, us who are despised, so that he might nullify the things that are to make void. Paul says... I'm going to use you to show this world of, of my wisdom. Wisdom that is of me, of God. Hmm. He gives a, a huge challenge to the Corinthians. Corinthians, you are who you are. Because of Christ's work in your lives. Don't boast in and of yourselves. Let everything you do portray the greatness of who I am. How many of you in your workplace might clock out a little bit early? Because you want to go home and spend time with your fam? Your coworkers and your boss look at you like, 
You not want to earn a little bit more dinero? You not want to work your way up the chain a little bit more? But because you value making disciples in your home, you scrape out a little bit early to the world. Your actions, your behavior as a follower of Christ look pretty silly. They look foolish. What about those of you who decide that, you know what, you've heard about this upcoming movie that's coming up, you know your friends are going to check it out, and you just simply say, hey, you guys go on ahead, i got quite a bit of things to do, because you know there might be some questionable content. Your friends look at you, dude, this is going to be the best movie, it's going to break all the records this weekend, what are you doing, what are you thinking you're not going to join us? No, you guys go ahead. To the world, your actions might look foolish but you are protecting your relationship with Christ. What about those of you who are standing in the grocery line and the peeps in front of you have left their money out in the car? And you just tell them, hey, go ahead, I got, I got this. What? Come again? No, go ahead. To the world, your actions look silly. but you are proclaiming the message of Christ. You are who you are, Christ in you. We don't boast in and of ourselves. We boast of Christ in us. Paul wraps this up for the Corinthian church. But by his doing, in verse 30, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So that, just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Church of Corinth, you have believed in the message of Christ crucified. You have believed in the word of the cross. Though the world will see this message as foolishness, it is the power of God. You have been saved. And now let everything you do in your boast, boast in the Lord. My church family. Believe in the power of the cross. Believe that it was our Savior who was accused, arrested, condemned, beaten, crucified, so that we might be saved. And let everything you do in your actions, in your speech, boast in Christ. 